0: This is Crossroads, the Get Religion
1: podcast. It's a very long Washington Post story under a picture of a trio of drag queens on a Christmas float underneath a rainbow of Christmas lights, a Texas culture clash, dueling parades over the meaning of Christmas. Well... Texas is red meat for the readers of the Washington Post, as are drag queens and Christmas parades. What's the story about, and would it have benefited from maybe a religion reporter writing this story? Greetings and welcome to Crossroads with Terry Mattingly. I'm Todd Wilkin. Thanks for tuning us in. Terry Mattingly is Senior Fellow at the Overby Center for Southern Journalism and Politics at the University of Mississippi, He's author of the weekly On Religion column for the Universal Syndicate and the book Pop Goes Religion, and he's founder and editor of Get Religion. Terry, welcome back.
0: Glad to be here.
1: Is this a Texas parade battle something new when it comes to the Christmas Wars, or is it just the same old stuff?
0: Well, it's really a coin with two sides. On one side, you have the fact that the whole drag queen wars still seems new. It seems like something that's just started happening, and we've read about it on Twitter, and we've watched people fight each other back and forth about what Drag Queen Story Hour at your library has to do with the First Amendment and with what public institutions can do and should do. That's one side, and that's the image of the side of the coin that has the Drag Queen picture on it. But I would argue that if you flip the coin over, this is essentially the same Christmas war issue that we've been fighting for several decades now in American culture, and it comes down to a battle over the phrase, what is the spirit of Christmas? What is the essential message of Christmas? That's really what this, this battle over the parades is all about. Even though when I read the, the story, it's hard to figure out if the religious conservatives involved in this battle, and I hope this this observation doesn't trigger our listeners too much, I'm not sure that the Christian conservatives in this piece have really thought through what a civic Christmas parade is all about in the first place. I mean, what it really symbolizes and what the desire to have a civic parade recognized by the government with local corporate sponsors and police cars leading it and everything else, I'm not sure they've given much thought as to what that's all about. And in that case, the image that comes back to me is the battles we've had for years over Christmas nativity scenes and the the people who really think it's some sort of great victory for the gospel to have a nativity scene located on the front lawn of a government building, or even fighting over what's the makeup of the nativity scene that should go at the shopping mall. There's some bigger issues involved in this, and you can see them hinted at in this story, but it's important to realize the religion desk at the Washington Post, I don't think, was involved in this story, and that kind of shows once
1: again. So give us the who, what, when, where how, why of this story?
0: First of all, when is Christmas? When is Christmas? And the answer to that now depends on whether this is a corporate story, whether it's a shopping mall story, or whether it's a religious story. If it's a corporate story, if it's a shopping mall story, Christmas begins somewhere right before Halloween. I think in my local grocery stores and stuff here in the Bible Belt, the Halloween candy even began vanishing within three or four days before Halloween, and it was replaced by all Christmas all the time. And I think this year, I always try to mark this down, I think the first honest-to-goodness Christmas advertisement I saw on cable TV, something that wasn't just like a sale, it was clearly a holiday imagery sale. I think I saw one just before October 1 this year, so in the last week of September. So when is Christmas? In the world of civic life and corporate life, Thanksgiving is now like the middle of Christmas. And so this parade marks the beginning of the intense weeks of what, I apologize to some if this offends them, what I'm going to call shopping mall Christmas. And then you have church Christmas, and we don't really know when that is either. There's an interesting new study out from LifeWay Research, that agency that's linked to the Southern Baptist Convention in Nashville. And my column, my national column, which I shipped, is about this, this survey. There's a really lively debate among Protestant ministers in America about when Christmas is in terms of when do you celebrate Christmas? When is your church's kind of signature, big-draw Christmas event? And it seems that for evangelical and Protestant America, Christmas is somewhere whatever Sunday is in the middle of the third, second or third week of December, with the third week being the favored week. And that seems to be linked to when schools let out. In other words, when the schools let out, it's time for our people to spread out and travel all over America on vacation or going to family reunions or whatever and you can't count on anybody being around to be a part of a Christmas service, so you go ahead and get it done right in the middle of December. And so that's Christmas. About 48% of people in America still have the big service is on Christmas Eve. And I think you would find it interesting that the Protestants who most celebrate on Christmas Eve are Lutherans. The people in this poll that show up, Christmas Eve is our big service, that's Lutherans. And that's about 81% of Lutherans in America still stress Christmas Eve as the big service. I don't know if Anglicans or Episcopalians were in this survey, and obviously they're not taking into account Catholics or the Orthodox or anybody else. So. When is Christmas is a big deal. I think the crucial thing with this Washington Post story is that it's clear that this is civic Christmas and that Christmas really kicks into high gear with Thanksgiving. That's when you all start heading to the mall again, whether that mall is digital or analog. Thanksgiving is when Christmas actually begins, the Christmas season. And it ends on December 25 instead of beginning on December 25. And it's in that context that you have this parade.
1: So what's the conflict in this story here? Why is the Washington Post devoted in a font large enough for me to read nine pages to this story?
0: Well, I think part of it is that Texas is considered now like the official battleground conservative state for weirdos and strange people yet at the same time if you know texas and i grew up in texas you know that this is actually in kind of a blue enclave in the middle of texas the other day on twitter somebody put out a tweet that said annoy lifelong texans in five words or less words, what could you say that would make a real Texan mad? And my entry into this competition was Austin, 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 and Austin. I guess that's six words. I didn't have the and before the last one. But the whole point is that Austin really isn't in Texas. Austin is where you live if you kind of hate the rest of Texas, but you're going to live in Texas. So the story unfolds in one of the only cities in Texas where many people from the elite mainstream press would stay. I remember years ago when George W. Bush was president and whenever he would go to, the, to stay at the ranch, and the ranch, of course, is like, what, 20 minutes outside of Waco. So if you're going to go cover the president when he's at the Texas White House, It would be obvious that the logical place to stay is in Waco. I mean, Austin is an hour and 45 minutes away, driving over dark roads in the middle of the night where you might have a deer jump out and crash through your windshield, which is something that happened to a New York Times reporter. But all the reporters that I'm aware of all stayed in Austin because in Austin, they'd be at home and they'd be safe. So Austin is Washington post Texas. Does that make sense? It's New York Times, NPR, Washington Post, Texas. And that's the natural setting for this story, because that's, frankly, if you were going to have some reporters fly down from the Washington Post, you think they're going to go anywhere else? You think they're going to Waco to talk about Christmas? No, it's Austin. Austin is safe Texas.
1: What did you make of the Washington Post story?
0: Well, once again, the drag queen element is the snazzy part of this, and it opens with the fact that Catholics in town—and I thought that was interesting, that it wasn't automatically Baptist—that Catholics in town were upset when, in a previous parade, you had a drag queen float. They're all out there with their family and with their little kids, and they're showing them— It's time to go to the Christmas parade and a drag queen float goes by and people got upset and a group of people, ministers in the town, petitioned no drag queens, at which point the corporate and the civic leaders say, well, we can't kick the drag queens out. That would be bad. I mean, that would be a sign that we're not being inclusive. And if you read between the lines, what they're saying is that would be very bad for business. That would be bad for the image of our town. That would be bad for whether we're viewed as being a part of what's happening in modern America. So at that point, the ministers decide, okay, the city needs to give us permission to do our own Christmas parade. And this is gonna be the real Christmas parade for the real Texans, for the real people who believe in Christmas, and thus the battle breaks out. What is Christmas? Now, t- Todd, how, how many times have you and I, in the last decade or so, ended up talking about the press not being anti-religion, but being opposed to a certain type of religion, and that what you end up with good religion versus bad religion, being kind of the theme that gets woven through most of these stories. How You want to take a guess at how many times we've discussed that? Dozens. Dozens and dozens. I think the word myriad might even apply in this case. Well, in this Washington Post story, we have a quote from an activist who's writing on the Facebook page of the conservative minister group that's behind the real Christmas parade. And this quote sums up the story. There isn't a single thing in this story that contradicts this quote being the thesis statement, the theme of this piece. So here is the paragraph that needs to be, the the, the red letter edition of this story in terms of the gospel according to the Washington Post. Here you have it. Here's the quote. Quote, it's, very sad that you bring shame on the Christian community in this way. I've seen their float, and there's nothing raunchy about it. My kids loved it. Lorraine williams Gassaway wrote on the minister group's Facebook page, quote, You don't get to decide who celebrates Christmas. You are creating an environment of hate and fear, and that is what leads men to commit mass murders, unquote. Okay the stakes just went way up. In other words, if you support the drag queen-free religious group-organized Christmas parade, you're mass murder adjacent. So then you look at the other issues that show up in this parade, and you get Club Q in Colorado Springs, obviously has to come up. You get into a debate about whether there can be a float with Confederate flags on it. You get the ministers described with words like vented. They're venting about this whole issue, and it's very obvious that they're the aggressors in this piece. They're the ones who are trying to make the community do something different. And ultimately, it comes down to the word sin. I mean, at some point, people talk about, well, we don't want our children involved in an event where we think they're going to see things that are sinful. And who gets to define sin? Well, there are good Christians that have the word sin, and then there are bad Christians that have the word sin. But for me, what's really interesting is who did the ministers think did the parade in the past? In other words, before the drag queen image showed up, Who was in charge of the Christmas parade? And this to me is the most interesting element of this story. Because when you look at the timing of the parade and you look at who participates in the parade, you would have to say that for decades, the civic parade was primarily civic groups, corporate shopping groups, public schools and other parts of normal civic life in america so at this point did they really think that hollywood public schools the government the shopping mall was gonna reject a drag queen float did they really think that have they been to a mall lately which raises the question if you're upset about your children seeing a drag queen float in the civic parade, are you upset when you take them to the mall and march them past Fredericks of Hollywood or some of the other stores that are now a normal part of American life at the shopping mall? I guess my question here, and this gets us down to some interesting issues and in strategy for churches in kind of a secular culture slash increasingly post-Christian culture. What do the churches want to say about Christmas? When is Christmas? What is Christmas? How do you celebrate Christmas? And what should you do if you don't wanna take part in the police car led official government, corporate educational Christmas parade? If you don't want to be a part of the shopping mall Christmas parade, what should you do? And I think that's a, a question that makes me wish that we could do this sometime in a talk format and hear from listeners. What do they think churches should do? Personally, just thinking as someone who thinks about church-state law and issues and has spent 50 years of my life working on that kind of stuff, I think the nativity scene question is really our best parallel. Is it a victory for the church, for courts to rule, that a nativity scene actually has nothing to do with Christmas? And thus you can put it on the front lawn of the city hall because it's just a neutral symbol. Is it good for Judaism if a menorah is now a secular symbol that has no religious connotations? Is that a win? For what the churches are trying to say about Christmas. Or should churches, if they want Christmas, should they find ways of expressing Christmas that actually fit the content of their faith? And maybe they should even do stuff that the mall wouldn't let them do. For example, if the Catholic Church did an actual Christmas parade with a Christmas procession with religious music and statues and icons and images of their Christmas. And then they continued these parades. Would the government give them permission to continue to do La Posadas? I mean, Latino culture is a huge thing in Texas. Could you do La Posadas parades and processions for the 12 days after Christmas? Would it be interesting if Catholics got arrested at the mall for trying to do Christmas processions in or near the mall during the actual 12 days of Christmas instead of like days after Thanksgiving or something like that. What if every church in Taylor, Texas, on the same night, let's say Christmas Eve or the Sunday closest to Christmas, this year Christmas is on Sunday morning. If people are going to be in town for Sunday morning Christmas, they're probably going to be there on Saturday for Christmas Eve. What if on Christmas Eve, every church in Taylor, Texas had a live nativity scene and did a procession of Joseph and Mary on their way to Bethlehem with everyone singing hymns? Would that be a Christmas parade worth fighting civic authorities for the rights to have a permit permit that would have to cover the whole city. Every church in the city is going to do this. Do you think that would be an interesting story, and do you think it would get any coverage?
1: My answer would be, I think that if they were all to hold coordinated live nativity scenes, that probably would get coverage, especially if it was in conjunction with this parade controversy. My question to you is, if the Washington Post's Sarah Pulliam Bailey Had written this story, how do you imagine it would be different?
0: Well, I think you would probably get a little bit more material from the government, from people, about whether or not this dual parade issue is going to be able to go on. I mean, what happens next year? I think there'll probably be some pressure placed on the city to settle this, and to decide that there is only one civic parade. And that's because the more you emphasize the religion side of this event, the more you talk about religion— now, listen to what I'm saying, this is kind of tricky—the more you talk about religion and Christmas, the more you're violating the spirit of Christmas, quote-unquote, according to the coalition that backs the civic corporate education system Christmas parade, talking about religion is anti Christmas. And I think that's really the big issue of this story. And if the religion desk was involved, say, next year, I think that would have to come up. There's another quote in the story that kind of points this out. The evangelical pastor who kind of took the lead on this, there's a section where he got into a debate in which he told someone on the religious left that he was misinterpreting the scriptures, and that I was not taught the Bible correctly. So there you have the world of kind of, once again, liberal progressive religion versus conservative religion. And this gets us down into the next quote to listen to. Ripple—this is the evangelical pastor—Ripple wrote an editorial last month about the parades at the request of the Taylor Press, restating his objection to including Taylor Pride—Taylor Pride being, obviously, a civic coalition that does the annual Pride Parade, and it's not a matter of difficult mathematics to figure out that Taylor Pride would support the drag queen float being in the Christmas Parade. So this minister again, Ripple said in an interview that he supported Taylor Pride's right to exist, but he added, quote, I do not feel like drag queens dancing in the Christmas parade, and these are the values we want to communicate to our children. There's another quote right after that. I don't hate LGBTQ individuals. I don't hate adulterers. There's lots of sin out there. I believe the most loving thing I can do is tell people the truth that if they don't repent of their sin, and that's any sinner, they will spend an eternity separated from God. Now, from the viewpoint of the Washington Post, can you imagine a better statement of bad religion in this case? You know, in terms of framing that with that other story about the spirit of Christmas and what the the broad-minded, inclusive diversity of the civic parade is all about versus the narrow, bigoted, confederate flag, bad guy religion of the second parade. So I think you would have gotten a a little bit more material about where I think this story goes next, which is, will there be pressure on the civic authorities to stop a religious school coalition parade next year? or will this standoff be allowed to continue?
1: Terry Mattingly is Senior Fellow at the Overby Center for Southern Journalism and Politics at the University of Mississippi. He's author of the weekly On Religion column for the Universal Syndicate and the book Pop Goes Religion, and he's founder and editor of Get Religion. Terry, thank you very much for your time. Glad to be here. I'm Todd Wilkin. I'll talk with you next week. Thanks for listening to Crossroads with Terry Mattingly. Crossroads is a production of Get Religion, part of the First Amendment projects at the Overby Center at the University
0: of Mississippi. If you appreciate this podcast, please make a secure online tax-deductible donation at getreligion.org.